larger than themselves. And leaders who offer that will have no shortage of followers. Studies show that, uh, that people will work harder and longer on projects when they understand the overall significance of their individual contribution. A study that has been used often to emphasise this, um, it's been quoted often, it's about aeroplane in factory workers. Um, they were divided into two groups. Members of one group simply were told to get on to work and on with their work and um, did what they were told to do. That was fine. While the other group, um, they were taken to the engineering works uh, in the lab and they were shown exactly what the part they were making was used for and how it was going to help this um, create this magnificent jet that was going to fly higher and longer and faster than any jet had ever been flown before. Without any additional incentive, the second group's productivity just soared. It just raised so far above the other workers. They knew how important their contribution was to the larger plan. Makes sense, doesn't it? Jesus was a master at teaching us the why behind what he calls us to do. He wants us to know exactly what it is he wants from us and the significance behind his commands. And we see this demonstrated in this parable when James and John came to Jesus and asked him if they could sit at his right hand and left hand in his heavenly kingdom. It's a bold thing to ask and some would also think it was rather um, a selfish request. Now Jesus could have rebuked them uh, he could have kicked them off the leadership team uh, or he could have made fools of them in front of uh, the others. Instead, he used this opportunity just to teach them and us how significant our role is um, to be a servant in his kingdom, the kingdom of God. He says, and this is from verses 42 to 45, you know what, that in this world kings and tyrants and officials lorded over the people beneath them. But among you, it should be quite different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave to all. For even I, the Son of Man, came here not to be served, but to serve others and to give my life as a ransom for many. When Jesus calls someone to be his follower... He calls him to a life of servanthood, not a life of fame or fortune or prestige, nothing like that. When he calls James and John and each of us today to servanthood, he does it with complete credibility because he'd lived a life of a servant even though he was the creator of the universe. If you can look a little bit closer at his life, we can better understand what Jesus is asking of us. We know that before Jesus came to earth, he had heaven as his dwelling. He had everything he could possibly have. Jesus, Father, Holy Spirit, were dwelling together in perfect unity. To leave the comfort of heaven 
to come to an earth filled with sin, with, with violence, with rebellion seems to be a bit of a raw deal to me. But Jesus explains the why of his coming here in verse 45. He said, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is so absolutely foreign to our way of thinking, and it's, it's quite hard to grasp. God came to earth not to be served, but to serve, not to take, but to give, not to demand of us, but to sacrifice himself for us. We were held, you see, kidnapped by our sin, and Jesus came to pay that ransom price to set us free. This is one of the deep theological truths of the Bible. The fact that Jesus demonstrated servanthood at the highest level by giving his life for us. Jesus saw the people of his day, as he looks on us as well, through the eyes of a servant. He looked out at a most at a lost humanity and was filled with compassion and a longing for fellowship that is beyond our infinite imaginations. Jesus didn't look at people and, and just put them in categories of good and bad, nothing like that. He saw each and every person as one who was in, in great need of a servant saviour who could turn their lives around and help them get started in the right direction. Looking at scripture really helps us to see this a little bit bit more clearly. From chapter 9 in Matthew, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Some blind people told Jesus they wanted to see. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately they received their sight and followed him. And then again in Matthew, later on in Matthew's Gospel, 23. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets and stoned those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together, as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you were not willing. Jesus didn't see people as objects or as something negative or as throwaways. He saw them as human beings who were in need of a servant saviour. And he came to fulfil that role. This is how Jesus still sees each one of us today. Not as a mass of humanity, but as individuals who he loves as, and cherishes with the very fibre of his being. Now being God in, in the flesh could have its advantages, couldn't it? Just a blink of the eye or a word spoken or anything like that, anything can happen. If we had to guess what kind of life God would, um, would have lived if he came to earth without really knowing what took place, I would have pictured him living quite differently. But we know that Jesus didn't have an abundant life. Um, he lived like the servant he claimed to be. Chapter 8 in Matthew. Jesus replied, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He was born into a home 
um, of a carpenter and worked for a living. He lived among the poor and was himself poor. Uh, He lived uh, like a man who had a purpose greater than himself and that purpose was lived out. Not in self-gratification, nothing like that, but in the giving of himself to the world that he came to serve. Jesus didn't make a rash decision to, to give his life for ours. That Jesus would be an atoning sacrifice for us was his destiny from the beginning of time. On the cross, Jesus fulfilled the promise that he had made to his disciples. As a suffering servant, he poured out his life as a ransom for us all. Just a question for us. Is it our goal to become a servant? Ponder that. His purpose in coming, the way that he saw people, the the way that he lived, and and the way that he died, all stand out to us as an example of servanthood. Jesus clearly taught that his servant nature was a model for all of us to follow. All of us. Not so with you, he said. Instead, whoever wants to become a great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. The way up is down. You come in first when you come in last. The greatest among you is the least. We're exalted when we're brought down low. All of these are ways of describing what Jesus calls each one of us to be. Our goal as individuals and as a church is to model the servanthood of Jesus. To do that, we need to be able to answer at least four questions that line up uh, with what we've already seen in the life and the ministry of Jesus. The first question is, why am I here? Why are you here? Why do I exist? Why, what is my purpose in life? What reason do I have for taking the next breath? Why should I wake up tomorrow morning? Jesus came to earth to serve as a ransom and to pay for our sins. And while we know that we can't do that, we do know that Jesus can continue to live his purpose through us. We know that. In fact, his purpose should be my purpose, it should be your purpose. His reason for coming to earth should be become our mission. We're here as God's servants to spread the good news of Jesus' sacrifice with the purpose of making more disciples that can join us in growing God's kingdom. What about our second question? What do I see when I look out? When I leave church, see people in the street or in the cars or in the store, what do I really see? Do I see people who are getting in my way or people who reject me or people that I really need to steer clear of today or do I see individuals each in need of what Jesus has to offer what do I see do I look out at the city and see like Jesus those in need of his love a desire like Jesus to gather them together 
like a mother hen gathering her chicks so that they can be safe and secure. Do you see that? What I see when I look outside my door tells me whether or not I'm growing in the likeness of Jesus, obtaining that servanthood, that, that servant heart of Jesus Christ. What about our third question? How do I live? Then he called the crowd to him along with disciples and said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. If I have the heart of a servant... I'll live like a person that isn't worried about what others say about me, what others think, or my status in the world. wouldn't worry about that. But will instead live as a person that has nothing greater in my life than living it for Jesus. And our fourth question, how will I die? Well, none of us know that, do we? We don't know the how, the when or the where of our death, but one thing is sure, we will all die. It's an ultimate statistic, isn't it? One out of one will die. So how will we want to be remembered? I hope that I'll uh, be remembered remembered as a servant of Jesus. I hope that. I hope that's what you want as well, to be remembered as a servant of Jesus. But I know, personally, that there is a huge gap between what I am and the servant that I should be. Maybe that's true for you too. So what are we going to do about this? What can we be doing about it? I think personally a good start would be to identify the areas where we're not living as a servant as we should be. Servant of Jesus, begin to work along those lines. Maybe just looking at people differently as we come across people, day after day. Now, I wonder where Jesus is in their life. Should I pray for them now? Should I just stop and talk to them? How can we be a servant to those around us? Jesus calls us not to be great, but to follow his example of servanthood. Great news is that he doesn't leave us to do it all alone. but gives us Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us and to empower us to be the servant that he has called us to be and to those around us. In Jesus' name, amen.